Welcome to the Ben Real Podcast with your host, Ben Nevarez. Howdy and welcome to the Ben Nevarez Podcast. I know this is I've changed the name a couple times now from Coach Ben to It's Ben Real to the Ben Nevada's Podcast. And so all good reasons. And we're going to stick with the Ben Nevada's Podcast for now, I think. Um, And today we have on Mr. Kyle Beasley, my producer, our producer. Um, So hi, welcome, Kyle. Hi, it's nice to be here. Yeah, man. It's weird being on this side of the microphone. Are you do you host your own podcast? No. No, me and my okay. buddies have uh, joked about having one called the uh, Socks on Shower or uh, Socks Off Shower Thoughts Podcast. Socks we off just get, shower. Get a uh, waterproof microphones and record in our showers and never explicitly state that we're not in the same shower. I like it's that. Just, it's just weird. That is a little weird. It's, it's <laughs> kind of uncomfortable sounding, but it'd be kind of fun. It's a little ASMR, but also a little little fun. Um, how long have you been doing podcasts? Uh, I guess how long have you been producing? I guess. Almost two years now. My uh, I work at a media company, uh, which is owned by a guy named Sam Smith, and uh, he does basically everything. And he's been podcasting for a few years. So ever since he hired me to make logos and graphic design, and I was like, "Hey, I kind of know how to use Adobe Audition." I've been producing his podcast. Damn. So what is, how does Adobe Audition differ from what we're using now? Uh, it's just one. It's paid. It's it's industry standard um it it's really useful for like adobe premiere the uh, video editing because you can export the audio directly into audition and it's just a more powerful uh, audio handler i guess um it's got built-in asio support which we were talking about the other night uh which allows you to record two usb microphones straight in and um, obs does too which i just learned two minutes ago yeah hey yeah, sweet well, cool. as long as it works i mean um, it works. Yeah. It's all good. So I feel like I should probably get Adobe at some point. I was talking to um, one of our clients at Miramont and he had, I guess, I guess his, his guest who came out in and, and made the, web, the website for uh, the people you were w- working for today. Um, and he said I should definitely get Adobe, especially if I'm a student, might as well. Oh, yeah. If, like you, if you're a student, you can get it stupid cheap. Sign up with your EDU email. Sweet. Uh, and you got you can get twenty bucks. I think I paid twenty four dollars a month for all of Adobe Suite, which is every program they've ever made and still support. Uh, and then once I graduated high school and I didn't do the college thing, it went up to fifty two bucks a month. But it's still beyond worth it. I make a living based off of it. Do most people in your area or field ever go to college? I mean, do you need college to be, I mean, to be successful? Yes and no. Um, there's nothing in the programs you can't learn like on YouTube or on some sort of manual. Like every Adobe program has a manual and you can learn all of the tools in that. And then there's all kinds of tutorials for Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere, anything like that. People make a lot of uh, presets and packs and, and templates. So you can, you can go find those online. Um, college is really for the like nitty gritty details and also the connections you make. Because like your professors in graphic design aren't just professors. They've been in the industry and they know people that are in the industry. So it's like, hey, I really liked you. You should go talk to him. I've already told him about you. He'll give you a job. It's just easier to find a job after that. But uh, I dropped out after six weeks at Blend because I didn't want to pay for a high school class. And 
uh, got hired by Sam to make logos. And Damn. So now I've got almost two years of work experience based off that. And it seems like you've been doing pretty successful. Like you've gotten your name out pretty pretty quickly yeah. for the most part, from what I understand. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty big. Uh, I got a lot of... Um, we do these virtual tours every day on Facebook where we'll go to our houses and uh, Sam's got a huge following on Facebook. So people recognize me from that. And that's weird. Like when I uh, went and rented my apartment, I walked in to go sign my lease and the lady at the front desk was like, you're Kyle. I know you from Sam's videos. And I was like, that's uncomfortable. That, that is super cool. I don't like being known. It's my first taste of being known by people. And that's, I think I'm out. I don't know if I want to be Why? recognized. It's just Why weird. Why stay hidden? I'd, I'd rather stay like, again, like on the other side of the microphone or on the other side of the camera. I don't want to be in front of it. Well, like I'm getting more comfortable, but it's just a, a me not, thing, I guess. Yeah, not, not your cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, well, I, mean, I guess this is probably the one, one of the only, maybe possibly the only podcast, I guess you, yeah, this, you, you do. But it's kind of cool <laughs> to at least see behind the scenes a little bit of, of yeah. what you do and who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, why did you decide or how did you know that this was going to be your thing, like in tech, I guess, in, in, in a much general um, sense? I've always been like into technology. Uh, I was six and my dad gave me his PS2. And that, so that was my first taste of video games, the first taste of technology. That's and cool. that was sick. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he got a computer and we had a little computer room as I was growing up. And it was fun to go on the internet and watch videos and the... Uh, play games I shouldn't have been playing as a seven or eight year old. Um, and then I guess in high school, uh, I was playing baseball. I played baseball for like 15 years from the time I could walk to freshman year of high school. And I was just kind of like, I'm, I'm done with this. Cause they, they made me choose between baseball or band. And uh, I was enjoying band more at the time. Uh, I had a lot more friends in bands. There was, it was pretty much a no brainer decision. It was tough cause baseball is all I ever knew, but I needed a class to fill that slot that baseball took. And we had a class called a DIM, which was like digital interactive media or something. And that was hosted by the, um, the, the video teacher, the videographer, uh, Mr. Green. Shouts out Stephen Green. I like that guy. <laughs> We're friends on Steam. Um, and we were, so he was teaching us the basics of Photoshop and just letting us play around one day. And I was making something and I don't even know what it was. I think it was some kid holding the balloon and I made the balloon glow and like have like a, basically be a light. And um, Green asked me if I was in graphic design. And I told him no. And he said, you should. So sophomore year, I took graphic design with Coach Waleen. And uh, he, he'll say that I willingly joined Skills USA, which is the competition based off vocational skills. Um, he really more so told me I was doing it when I got to class one day. It's like, hey, this Saturday, you're going to be... Yeah, like, hey, get ready. You have a competition. You better be ready. That's cool. So he, we went up to Beaumont, Texas, and I competed in a thing called ad design, which they give you a like magazine cover, like a, like a Nature Mag or a Time magazine or something, and they say, hey, here's the font they used, here's the size they used, here's the dimensions, recreate it. Damn, that's cool. So you've got four hours to oh, recreate shit. it and then make your own poster based off a prompt they give you. So I did that sophomore, junior, and uh, senior year. And every uh, first two years placed top five and the uh, senior year placed top three. Damn, and dude. I just always had fun doing it and continued doing it. That's fucking, that's so fucking it's cool. It's so fun. It, it all like, just like, hey, you are going to do this. Good yeah. luck. Have fun. Pretty much. Uh, damn, that is so cool. And I mean, it's just, did well it's become it. a job. Damn. And so do you, would you say graphic design is more up your alley than, than producing? Or I mean, is it all kind of encompass? It's like, is it all encompassing? Uh, graphic design is definitely my bread and butter. Um, but the way Adobe is set up is most things work 
the same general way. So if you understand Photoshop and Illustrator, you kind of understand how the tools work for both of them combined. And if you understand Premiere, you can kind of figure out how the tools work for uh, Audition and you just kind of, what sounds good to you. So the same with graphic design, what looks good to you? You, you know why some things will work, why some color combos don't work, uh, but it's all personal preference. It's all your style. So yeah. if, if I want Kyle's style, I go to Kyle versus if yes. I want, you know, person X, I can go to their style. Exactly. Depending on what I'm looking for. Exactly. Damn. I, I love that. And everybody's just... got their own slight tweak, slight touch on things. And do you I mean, is this the goal? Like, do you want to just continue doing graphic design? I've actually been tackling that question lately. Um, I love it. It's something I never want to stop doing, but it's kind of hard to see a career based off of it because it's, it's a constant hustle. It's a constant selling yourself to other people. Um, if I could be in a position to where I could take on, like hire somebody else and take on twice the projects because I've got that much workflow coming in, that'd be sick. Um, it'd be cool to be the head of like a little design foundry or something in some like I, I use Austin as an example, like one of those kind of weird, just close towns where I'm head guy and it's I've got 40 people working and like working in different teams, creating different projects for different people. One of them making a magazine for some one off company. One's designing the next issue of a newspaper. Uh, but you can walk around and go, hey, I think you should do it like this. Um, in my experience, this was easier. What do you think? Uh, but I never want to stop making things. It's just like it sounds like a production company just revolved around graphic design. Exactly. I think it's so cool what you do. Just I feel like I have zero knowledge about any like <laughs> just even trying to figure out OVS and and audacity and things like that. I think it's you know like it's craft and and it's obviously something that's more difficult than people get credit for. And, and at least like it's just not my area. So I mean I don't know. I, I know very, very little. So I think it's really cool that you do it all. You, you do it. I have one client who, or a former client, Adam, who is going to be on Monday, Adam Spar. Uh, shout out to Adam. I like Adam. Uh, he, he was, he was worked for a company like out of, out of California doing like um, natural foods, doing their, um, uh, their graphic design. And then went from there now at, at Sprouts. Um, so I think he continuing to grow. I mean, it, it sounds like there's definitely a spot, especially if you're, you're going to, maybe work for a company or I mean on, on your own. It sounds like is the idea. Um, I think it's, it's a cool route to go down in, in a hell of endeavor. And so, I mean, you're already pretty, pretty entrepreneurial from, I mean, from what I've just been able to see just a little bit of you. Um, but it's kind of cool to get to know you a little bit better. Um, what has been, would you say one of the, your biggest, you know, like failures that ended up turning into a success, like in your, in your life? Probably going back to that whole college thing. Uh, and I'm the oldest of, Anyway, like I have one sister and she's three years younger than I am. Uh, so she was a sophomore in high school when I went to college. And it was a rough conversation to come home to my parents and say, I'm not doing this anymore. And they were like, get a job. So I went and I worked in an old folks home. I worked at a couple fast food chains. Uh, none of those were fun. Take it back. The old folks' home was pretty lit. Those guys were cool. Working with old people. Just oh, dude, cause they, it was it was kind of like a it was a dementia house. Like it's it's not a nice way of saying it, but yeah. they they were losing their memory. Um, it kind of happens when you get that age. Yeah, yeah. They, none of them were under eighty five. Damn. But they had some crazy stories. <laughs> they had they they all had these wacky personalities, and you knew t if two of them didn't get along, they were never gonna get along. So you just kind of went out of your way to keep them separated. 
Uh, it's kind of cool to see people just interact like that. It's, it was fantastic. It was cool to, just not to, give it a fuck. They used to go sit around uh, this this table, this little picnic table outside, and all smoke their cigarettes. And so I used to go sit out with them because uh, I used to I used to vape at the time uh, heavily, and they would uh, I'd pull it out and they'd be like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's like that, but it's electronic. It's it's a little cleaner." And they were like. Let me get a hit of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, these eighty-year-old people hitting, ripping fat clouds Dude, off these vapes cool. and blowing it. They're like, "Is that cherry?" And I'm like, "It is cherry." <laughs> yeah, they're they were wacky. Next week, pina colada. Always, <laughs> exactly. <different> always, <laughs> always a new flavor. That's pretty cool. It was a it was a fun job. But the uh, the only reason I ever left was the the management. They weren't they weren't fun to work with. They didn't work with you. Um, it's i i respect all caregivers being in there firsthand um like you'll see videos come out like i saw a video on twitter probably two days ago of some lady like a caregiver kind of moving an older person in a bed like was not cooperating and it's like from the outside looking in that looks bad that looks like elder abuse and you definitely shouldn't be that rough with them but they can be very temperamental and they can be very mean to you and it takes a lot to not respond so if your job is hey you can leave and you're at the end of your shift was 10 minutes ago but you have to get this person to bed you it's gonna be a little frustrating and i i to be fair that lady was a little a little rough with that older lady but the, the, the comments were in the twitter thread were awful because there was a ton of people who obviously had never been in the in the profession in the field and seen what it's like like we had a we had a resident named tressy who was the meanest person i've ever met would cuss you out no matter what you were doing you'd just be trying to help her find her room key and she'd cuss you out for standing too close and it's like you can't see me how do you know i'm too close um Damn. I bought I brought Tressie a hot cup of coffee one day because she asked for coffee. And I gave her her coffee. I was like, hey Tressie, here's your coffee. And she had already forgotten that she asked for it. So she said, I don't want that shit. And took it and threw it at me. And that Man. coffee had just come out of the machine and yeah. was literally still boiling. Like Holy shit. It, and and all you can do is just You just take a lap around the building. You just say, I'm I'm done with the situation for a minute. I'll I'll come back to it here in five minutes. You come back around in five minutes, she's still sitting there and you ask her if she wants to go to her room and you take her there. That's some hell of patience. It it was hard. And self control. It was really hard. The dementia patients were my favorite, the ones that had already lost their mind. <laughs> because they would talk about themselves in the third person. Uh we had a lady named Alice who would talk like whenever she was going to bed and she was maybe five foot if she stood up straight and she didn't stand up straight she was maybe four six Damn. on her little walker and she had a really high pitched voice and she talked like <laughs> and if i usually be like alice it's time for bed she's like okay well me and alice are gonna go to bed now <laughs> oh i loved alice um there was a lady named barbara who is a an old music teacher so she would basically just sit in her wheelchair all day with her hands clasped and her head down just listening to the price is right or whatever was on tv um, I found out one day that she really liked Drake. So I would you know, hang out with her and I'd pull up Drake on my Spotify and play some music and she'd sit there just clapping her hands, Jam. tapping her feet. And she'd be like, Ooh, I like him. Yeah, that's he's, cool. He's good. Um, the hardest part was when they would get convinced of something that wasn't true 
like um, Barbara thought she had a dog. Barbara did have a dog like 20 years prior, um, but she would always ask for the dog because the lady down the hallway had a puppy that would bark and she would hear it and go, my dog's outside, my dog's locked outside. So she'd roll down the hallway in her wheelchair, get to the door and just start yelling help. And you'd hear her across the entire building. You're like, what is happening? You run down there. And she's like, I can't find my dog. He needs to come inside. You're like, no, Barbara, you don't have a dog. Yes, I do. No, you don't. And that would just continue for 10 minutes until you distract her with something else. Damn, how long did you do that? Um, eight or nine months. And quite a little while. Yeah, uh, I, got, I got hired by one guy who two weeks after I got hired, got moved, transferred to like another unit or an, another facility somewhere and a new guy came in uh he was really cool he was super helpful um i went talk to him about some not fun things that were happening with the co-workers there um when you're the only male that works in a predominantly female dominated space um they get a little handsy and that's not okay yeah. So I went and talked to him about it. And I was like, hey, man, um, I'm not mad about it. I'm not upset about it. This it, it does make me a little uncomfortable. And like, I I don't know how to handle the situation. Um, he just decided that it would be best if I stopped being a caregiver for the time being and moved over to maintenance. So I had a crash course in fixing HVAC units and fixing walls and things like that. So that's a couple handy skills I picked up there. Yeah. And then Keel went on to go do bigger and better things. Um, I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, and some other lady was brought in. And as soon as she walked in the door, I knew we weren't going to get along. She was very uh, my way or no way at all. And didn't care about any of the ways we had been doing things and didn't want suggestions. Like, obviously, like, if your reasoning for doing something is, well, we've always done it that way. Not a good reason. If there's a better way to do it, do it. Her reasoning was always, I think this is the best way to do it. So this is how we'll do it. Um... She, as a maintenance man, I was still a maintenance man when she, when she showed up, I would, you know, you were walking around fixing things and I was interacting with some of the, the patients because we still had a good relationship with mm-hmm. them. And she saw me interacting with them and decided that without talking to me, that it was a better fit that I was a caregiver rather than a maintenance man. So she went and she hired another maintenance man and moved me to caregiver without telling me. Damn, and, what I'm telling you? Yeah, just didn't tell me. It's like one happening. day to the next, you just moved over? Yeah, she was like, oh, by the way, go home, grab your scrubs. You're a caregiver again. What the fuck? I was like, okay, really? Um, so I did a caregiver um, for a couple days. Um, and she was like, hey, I need you to work a couple doubles. And I was like, yeah, no biggie. I got you. And like doubles suck, but yeah, you'll do them. It's, it's good pay. Uh, worked a couple doubles. And I think I was too eager sounding to work the doubles because she kind of assumed i would just work them whenever so the next week she scheduled me for three in a row and i was like hey you can't do that again work those three doubles work the rest of my shifts that week came back the next week and i had three more i was like dude you gotta stop like like here's my my two weeks like i'm not doing this anymore um i finished that first week uh the second week um i had all singles and i was like okay fair enough like i'm still leaving but I'll work these. Um, She called me halfway through my second shift of the week and said, hey, I need you to work a double tonight. I was like, oh, my, okay. Somebody called in. Fair. Okay. Damn. Next night, did the same thing. I was like, dude. Just abusing you at that um, point? Just because she knows you're going to leave? Because I wasn't going to do it. Because she knew I would work the double even though I was leaving. Like, she knew that I I cared more about the patients than I cared about me. Yeah. And I decided I was done. 
I, I worked that double, walked out that door. I told every coworker that I had that was there, like, hey, tell everybody else I'm not coming back. I went and said bye to all my residents. I explained to them that I was I was leaving. I got a, I just said I got like another job offer and it's out of town, so I have to go. And they were like, okay, well, fair enough. Like, go live your life. Go do your dreams. Thank you for all your help. Um, I still miss so them. I still miss them a lot. It was the hardest part about being a caregiver is they tell you not to get attached to the people there. And you can't. It's hard not they're, to. You, no matter what they look like or how they act, they're your grandparents. They That's how they feel to you. So you'd come to work someday and they'd be like, hey, um, Patty is, isn't here anymore. And you're like, why? And they're like, she passed away last night. And you just, you gotta, you gotta deal with that. You gotta just go around the rest of your day being cheerful and happy and helping everybody. But you're kind of messed up for a few days. Yeah. Because you, you spend basically every day with these people eight hours a day. It'd be like if you, if you, you showed up at, uh, you work at Miramont State. If you, if you, uh, you showed up at Miramont and one of your, your buddies that worked there was just not there anymore. He didn't tell you he was leaving. You're just kind of like, what happened? Why aren't you here? Damn. Uh, yeah, and I've never, I never, I guess, thankfully, I've never had to been be on that on that side of death. Like, I, I've known some people that obviously have died, but I've never really had someone that meant a lot to me. It's like leave, and I think, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how it feels. I mean, and I think it's going to happen one day. But I mean, it's it's obviously something difficult. Like my ex girlfriend, she used to work at uh, the ER. And the first time that she ever saw death, I remember her coming home and like being like not not doing too well, just in tears. And and it was it was the first one was it was a kid. And so, I mean, I've only ever seen it and heard about it from you and a couple different people. Um, Definitely not not something obviously enjoyable, but something that's obviously kind of necessary. It's just it's just sad. Yeah, it's it's it comes with the territory. Yeah, they tell you it's going to happen when you start. But it doesn't, just knowing it's going to happen isn't prep for it actually happening. I don't think you ever prepped. No, I mean, there's, there's, there's no prep. And it, it, for like, oh, it gets easier. It doesn't get easier. You just be more numb to it. Like you, you, you come, you come into the, to work one day and they're like, hey, so and so is not here anymore. And you're like, okay, just I can push to the next eight hours without thinking about it. And then you get home and something happens that reminds you of it. And you kind of got to sit there and deal with it. Um, like I'm, you, not, I'm not somebody that like cries ever. Like I can probably, the last time I probably cried, I was probably 12. Um, but you just kind of sit in silence for a while and you listen to some of your favorite music. You listen to some of your favorite sad albums. Um, some uh, Patty, the lady I told you about, she uh, is not here anymore. Um, she gave me a massive book, like think big Bible sized book of just quotes. And cool. it's just, they're, they don't, none of them tie together. Yeah. It's just quotes throughout history. And it's fun to open it up and read it and go, think she gave me this book. That's it's so just cool to open one and see something. I love that. That is so freaking cool. You can get, and I love the things that they share, the things that they leave that, mm-hmm. you know, that probably meant a lot to not only to them, but to give to you. I think the meaning behind it, you know, is something that you should, you can't, you can cherish something you can walk around and keep forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's really yeah, it's cool. still sitting right there on my bookshelf. I still see it every day when I walk in my house. It's the, the biggest red book I have. Yes, I'm a picture of that. It's, that's cool. it's a pretty sick book. Patty. 
Patty. Shouts out Patty. Damn, that's pretty neat. Patty and Alex. Alex was her son who I think he was autistic or something. He lived with her. Um, me and him were like friends because he, he could care for himself. It's just he didn't. He was very high functioning, but not enough so to be out of the house and that his family would rather them be together. So if anything happens to Patty, Alex can be there to help and things like that. Uh, just so Patty's not alone. So Alex isn't alone. Uh, but yeah, we were we were homies every day. Like he come find me. He walk around his cargo shorts tucked in, his polo striped polo shirt tucked in with his belt and his uh, tall white socks and his dad shoes. Speed walking down the hallway. <laughs> he'd come and find me, and he'd be like, "Hey, it's six forty-five. Mom wants to come watch Jeopardy with us." So I'd I'd go down there and watch about ten minutes of Jeopardy. No with shit. Him, try to guess the answers with him. Dude, were, that sounds like a, that sounds like just some experiences and that you created with those people, like yeah. in, in their last days. Like this is their they're trying to find the just the nicest little things in, mm-hmm. in life, and something simple as Jeopardy that can mean so much. Yeah, you just, so you just cool. every, every night you're there, just go watch a Jeopardy with them. You just find something you can do with the people, like um, the, the smokers. Like I would go sit out with the smokers on their smoke breaks and just sit with them and talk to them. Introduce them to Jules. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Introduce them to Jules. I guess it was Mile at the time, that short-lived Jewel clone. Uh, those Miles were so great until they started auto-firing in your pocket. And you're like, why is my pocket on fire? Yeah. Oh, it's because there's a battery currently discharging. That's crazy. I mean, I just heard about that and just like little bits of it here and there. Like things explode. Uh huh. That was crazy. Yeah. The uh, what was the Samsung Note or whatever? The Note three or four, whichever one would just detonate in your pocket. Yeah, dude, that's crazy, dude. Like, Lithium-ion batteries are so dangerous. And yeah, I, I always and everything runs great. off of them. Yeah, I always thought that they were so awesome, and apparently they're oh, they're fantastic batteries. Like the, they're getting better and better every year. They're just really volatile if you expose them to oxygen because lithium is is lithium is one of those metals that just if it touches oxygen pure it just detonates same with like potassium have you ever seen the videos where they throw rocks of potassium into lakes no it's an explosion that's cool it's just a, a just a rock that you throw into water and then it just it's just a rock of potassium mm-hmm. that's really cool it's crazy i've never seen that is they're they're 12 second videos on youtube tons of, and the bigger the rock the bigger the boom <laughs> it's kind of lit i gotta go get some some, some potassium yeah. I don't know if you can. I think pure potassium is controlled because it's so reactive. Um, li- it's, yeah, lithium is uh, very shiny, but if you like get by a block of it, it's very not shiny, very dull because it oxidizes so quickly. But if you take a knife, it's soft. You can just cut straight through it with a steel knife and you open it up and it's very shiny and you can just kind of watch it dull. That's really cool. It's, it's crazy. That's kind of scary. Like those well, I don't know what they're called and I can't think of the name of them right now but Alkaloid. there's I don't I couldn't tell you alkaline yeah alkaline yeah. metals the the far left of the uh, periodic table those metals right there uh-huh. those are the ones that will go off magnesium is over there magnesium is one of those where uh, it, it reacts to everything and if you take a blowtorch to a strip of magnesium it burns bright white you stare at it it'll burn your cornea I'm learning so much Holy Dude, shit. It, we, I learned that in uh, chemistry just because <laughs> she had strips of potassium and she was like yeah light it on fire don't look at it, but light it on fire. Damn. It was uh, mistaken with a really cool chemistry teacher. The only things that I know about magnesium and potassium and stuff like that, I'll, I'll deal with like physiology, like magnesium is necessary. I don't know anything about that. Some people are like, yeah, you need magnesium in your body. I'm like, I'm not eating this metal. It's going to burn <laughs> my tongue. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, from what I understand, it's healthy, but from, from this little, little bit here, it's Mm-hmm. You could fucking explode inside your, your inside some water. Or, yeah, you, you, or your, your you need a hunk of raw magnesium. It's gonna fuck up your stomach. 
Eat a hunk of magnesium. Man, just like a little tic-tac size thing to swallow it straight. It'll mess you up. I'm excited. I've got to do some research. I want to, I don't know. I doubt I can probably find anything that really. You can probably find something. Got to go find the dark web somewhere. I think you can buy straight magnesium. Like wherever chemistry teachers buy it from. Because you can just buy little strips of it. And it's a kind of fun little joke. Like it'll burn whatever it touches because it. I think it's like 5,000 degrees Celsius or something stupid hot. Holy shit. Maybe it's Fahrenheit, but still. Just lighting five, it on fire? Yeah, That's how a, hot it'll get? Yeah. It, it, once you light it, it keeps going. It is really hot. That's super cool. I gotta find... Yeah, that'd be really cool to Magnesium find something. Just, just to light it, just to burn something. Yeah, you just need a propane blowtorch or a butane blowtorch, and you can you can get it to go up. You can hold it there for a minute and use pliers, but... Yeah. Wear your sunglasses, and once you hear it burn, look away. Don't don't look at that, the fire you chance. can like you, if you hold it here like just in front of you and you look 90 degrees to the other way it won't burn your eyes because you're not looking directly at it but you can still see the light bouncing off things it's like you're holding a light bulb can i record it uh indirectly maybe um mm. I, i'd be if you bought like a cheap camcorder yeah uh, i wouldn't use your phone and i wouldn't use like a nice camera because it might burn the sensor there's a the like if you watch footage of when like like concerts when lasers like especially green lasers when those first started coming into like fashion and yeah. use um you'll see footage of cameras that just go from being decent footage for the time to nothing because that laser hits the sensor and just fucks it those those green lasers are pretty wild i've seen a lot of videos of people just burning shit and the green and the blue lasers man i saw those them are a long time ago i so think geek.com is where i first saw them i was like man i want to get some think some geek of these always things. has some cool shit they always have the best things you're this, just this, like that can happen <laughs> <laughs> this, this this podcast is sponsored by by think geek hopefully <laughs> one day maybe we'll see hopefully one day S- send us some stuff or, or not or you know please we got a running joke i'll, uh, I'll open cans uh and like when i'm talking to my buddies and i'll pop it right next to the microphone and like the crack like this whatever is sponsored by whoever i'm holding like sprite or uh, oh, yeah. bang energy maybe one day you never know man. you never know yeah when i rec- when we were recording this past weekend we were using wave tech technology or wave wave tools technology it's like uh, we were cupping each other and then doing some uh some scraping just for some myofascial release um break of some fascia and at the entire time we were just constantly this po- this podcast is sponsored by Wave Tech Tools Technology, and I, every single time I kept looking at it wrong too. I kept looking at the name. I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, hold on. Like, let, let me look real quick. Let me redo my ad read real quick. <laughs> Edit that out, Kyle. How many, how, how many times we said that in the middle of the podcast? A few. Yeah, just yeah. a few. Yeah, just just a few, right? There, I think there was just one where y'all did it a couple times. Um, whenever you uh, have an edit, just clap in front of the microphone. Cause whenever I'm editing, I can see the waveform has a random peak in it ah, and okay. I can go, what is that? And go click it. Cause if it's damaged to the audio, I have to fix it. But if it's you just clapping to cut it, I can go, oh, I just need to cut whatever the hell he's talking about. Hell yeah. Okay. So, Good to know. That, that probably makes like life easier for you. And yeah. I don't have to me. listen to the entire podcast. Yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah. I can just scan it at double speed and, uh, and cut the, the clips. Save some time. Save a little bit of time. So then after you did the, um, the being, being a caregiver, you said you switched to doing 
Well, that actually brings me into how I learned OBS. I, uh, I have a really good computer at home. I love computer games. Like it's, it's evolved. Did you build your own? Yeah. Nice. I went from a PS2 to an Xbox 360 to a PS4. And a year after buying my PS4, I was like, dude, I'm tired of playing on a console. On a console. This isn't fun. Yeah. Um, so I went and got a, I went and built a PC. Uh, I used my, all my Christmas money, all my, uh, my parents would give us grade money if we got A's in high school or no, all A's, we did yeah. a certain amount of money. I took up all the money I saved, all the money I had been working for. Um, shout out to Lane's for funding my first PC. Langley. Uh, dude, uh, and I, I built it. And so on that on that PC, once I, I left the caregiver thing, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I was so burnt out on bad management. I didn't want to go talk to anybody to find a job. I had enough savings saved up to where I could live for a month and a half without having to work. So I uh, downloaded OBS. And I started streaming the game I was the best at, uh, War Thunder. It's it's not War a Thunder. popular game. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of War Thunder. It's uh, you gotta be kind of a, a World War II geek to to even find out about it. It's um, basically realistic um, air and tank combat from 1930. I think the earliest vehicle is 31. To um, there's tanks in there that were built in the 90s. Uh, so it's just realistic combat for each era and cool. i was good at it like um some of the streamers i watch would have duels in aircraft where um you'd pair it with them in a duel and you'd fight and try to kill the other person just 1v1s in aircraft yeah, just 1v1s and you're cool. you're like you're not streaming it they're streaming it but your your gameplay is basically being broadcast to i think i, I played in front of eight thousand people at one point Damn. um and i won like i was decent at the game so in my mind i'm good at the game i'm I'm not great at being on camera and on microphone yet, but we'll get there. And so we started streaming. Uh, so I had to learn OBS and how to make all the overlays and things and the transitions and all that fun shit. That's how I learned about uh, stream decks, which are really cool because I can now control my entire PC with this little uh, three by five buttons, LCD buttons, and they all have little pictures on them and I can, they're all folders and I can open up and I can control my PC without touching it. Damn. Um, you got to teach me. You got to show me that. They're fucking sick. I use it for macros and uh, Premiere. So I've got three pages of uh, macro keys. So we're like, like we're say like something I want to do is eight steps long. I don't want to do if I can take twenty minutes to automate that process, and then for the next two months just push a button and it does it for me. I'm saving the five minutes it would take me each by. So if I if I use that macro four times, I have now made up the time like yeah. i have canceled out the time that it took me to write the whole it's script infinitely more efficient yeah it just the more you use it the more efficient it gets uh the more you use it the more efficient it gets pretty it's neat. it was but yeah like i learned how to use obs i learned how to do all that streaming stuff uh and when was this like what year like when, when this would have been let's see march this march will be my two years at the media foundry so last march would have been my first year at the media foundry which would be August before that would have been when Sam hired me. So 2019 August. It'd be, yeah, I I assume I wasn't actually counting years. I was hoping you were. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll say August 2019 would would have been the month that I was streaming consistently, and I still do it here and there, uh, just because it's kind of fun. But it's now really just to stay, to keep up with the people that I made friends with during this, the the month and a half of streaming. Damn. Uh, it was it was it was a good time. Did you only play that one game, or did you play? I mean, other? I played like other like shooters and stuff. Because War Thunder does not it's not a big game. 
there's the biggest streamers at one time will have 8,000 because they're massive streamers or they're massive YouTubers. Uh, but their average viewer counts 50 and you can't sustain all 50, but you play other games that people want to watch and you can pull in people from there and be like, Hey, I also play this game called War Thunder. If you like it, watch me play it or come play it. It's free. Like it's, it was a, it was a good time. I made a lot of like, I guess my first graphic design jobs, freelance design jobs were making overlays and uh, panels and aesthetics basically for, for streams for my, myself and then other streamers. Like there's a, there's a streamer I still watch on occasion and uh, still talk to on uh, Twitter and all that fun stuff. Uh, he, he came in, he found my stream one day and he's like, Hey, who did all your shit? I was like, I did. And I was, he was like, can you do my shit? And I was like, yeah, of course. And like, I'm, I'm geeking out. Like I, I have a, <laughs> he's I, asking I, me, I, he has not told me he's going to pay me yet. I do like, I'm hyped just to do something. If somebody wants my work, that's cool as shit. So I was like, yeah, dude, I'll knock it out. So like in, in a, I think in a night I stayed up till four or five in the morning, just making everything for him, sent it to him that next day. And, um, he, he went into, he like opened it and he was like, dude, hell yeah. And he just, he put it on the stream immediately um, and he's like, how, do, how much do you want? I was like, no. And he was like, no, I'm paying you for this. And so he was like, I mean, uh, and he just, so he just went to my channel and then the next time I was streaming and just donated $50 to my channel. So like, you got to see the little cool little overlay pop up saying, uh, James donated $50. Uh, and then he said, thanks for all the artwork, man. And that was, it was just cool. Dude, that is it just... made me feel, it was the, the first time that I didn't feel like an imposter saying that I was a graphic designer. You, and, you, you finally did and got paid for it. Yeah, I finally like got somebody who I mean that found you me held and just through nothing. Damn. I just got lucky. Uh, Isn't that a lot of it? Just getting lucky, just being luck. there at the right place, right time. You meet the right person. That's the only reason I know Sam was right place, right time. How'd you I meet had, Sam? I had been uh, cooped up in my house for a month and a half, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta get out of here." I I uh, had a girlfriend at the time, but she was I think she was at some mission retreat or something. Uh, and she so she wasn't in town. And I just didn't leave the house. There was no reason to. Um, it was a beautiful day outside. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to Sweet Eugene's. We're going to get some coffee. We're just going to go doodle. We're going to like just be out. Shout out Sweet Eugene's. Shout out Sweet Eugene's. So I was sitting in front of Sweet Eugene's uh, drawing in a notebook. And Sam walked by. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, just doodling. He's like, can you do that on a computer? I was like, yeah. Like, that's kind of like, what's what I went to, like, did in high school. Like, it's what I was going to go to college for. And he was like, why did you go to college? And I was like, because I, I told him that I, I thought it felt like a waste of time or a waste of time and money at the time. And he was like, I feel that. I didn't go to college either. I'm, I'm starting a real estate business. Can you make a logo for it? I was like, maybe. What do you want? He's like, just give me your phone number. I'll, uh, I'll text you what I need. Gave him a phone number, texted me what he needed. Took about a week to make him a logo and get it finally finalized uh, and sent it to him. He loved it. He still uses it to this day. And then he offered me a full-time job. Holy shit. So now anytime he needs anything made picture-wise or set up technology-wise or video quick shot, he just calls me. Dude. So now we just go, let's go work. It's that is fucking, fucking cool, man. It's the most lit job. Like, it's the first job I've ever had where I don't, I wake up in the morning and don't say, fuck. Like, I, I wake up and I'm like, let's go. Like, I, I came down from Austin today, this morning. And uh, woke up at 3.30 in the morning because uh, that's when Emily had to get up to go 
get ready for her shift at the coffee shop. Damn. I was like, well, fuck it. Like, early, early shift. Just woke up, threw my, uh, brushed my teeth, threw my pants on, threw my shirt on, threw my shoes on. She was about ready to go. So she left. I, I walked out the door behind her, got to town probably about 7.30-ish. I guess I probably left about 5.30. Um... It took me a long time to get out of that house. God damn. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> like, yeah, there's something wrong there. I got a time wrong somewhere. Anyways, I got to the office probably about 7.30, which is an hour before I really need to, I need to be there. And just fucking napped in the parking lot. But like you wake up at like 3.30, 4, whenever the fuck you get up and you're like, I'm exhausted, but I'm ready to go to work. It's a good feeling. It's a good job. Yeah. Like it's, that's not a job. That's yeah. if, you, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't feel like I work really. Damn. Like I just every two weeks get a paycheck for making whatever the hell i want it's fucking sick dude honestly it sounds it like you got a pretty damn good best gig. job dude damn and like it's again like i'm almost two years into it at this point that's two years of work experience that somebody's graduating right now like i'd be graduating this year from from college from the the, the viz lab at a&m and they don't have any experience they've got a degree they have a piece of paper that says they can do it but like i've got two years of documented improvement yeah it's like, hey, I didn't know anything about that, but I can now produce what they can produce, and I don't have the debt. Like, uh, I guess the first time I filed my taxes entirely on my own was last year, TurboTax, and uh, it tells you how much debt you have up in the corner because yep. everything runs through TurboTax. And they were like, hey, you've got like $11,000 in debt, and that's just because I bought a car. And I was like, yeah. They're like, yeah, you've got like $130,000 less debt than anybody, else, like, like the average person your age. I was like, holy shit. Damn. I'm happy. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing well. I you're, feel good. You're, you're doing the job you want to do without yeah. the degree. I feel like you really don't need a degree to, to, to get a job at all. Like, I think like trades, I, I, would, I would consider what you do a, a trade. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a trade. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's something that you can become so proficient at and you don't really need school. I think like the, 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 the idea and put so much pressure on people and kids, like you're 18 years old, it's time to go to school. Mm-hmm. And then you're, like now I'm $45,000 in debt in, in master's program. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just paying for a piece of paper sometimes and I can learn all of these things. They're, they give me the references mm-hmm. and I can just, I can find the references on my own. Like right. why am I paying a school to give me the paper? Like, and then have me read it and test me over it. Like I can do that myself. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I just, you're, I, yeah. you're paying for, like, what is it? Degrees go up in price and lose value every year. Yep. Um, my first idea that college was a straight scam was when they made me pay to do my homework. Like they were like, Hey, you're assigned this for homework. And I was like, all right, that's fucking nothing. Yeah. Go into log in to do my homework. And they were like, enter your credit card information. It's $14 a month to do your homework. I was like, what? I'm already paying for this class. I'm already paying for the book. And that alone is already several thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that was seven hundred dollars for one math class that I then had to pay fourteen a month to do the homework for. And I was like, "This is absolute bullshit. I'm out." Yeah. Uh, and then was, there's websites that you can go to to find all of your college textbooks for free. Yeah, yeah. I've, seen I've, got, I've got that. I've got the the notes saved in my phone. It's literally just links, and you can click it and go search for your book. If they don't have it, go two editions back. It's typically two or three editions. Mm-hmm. And the, the prof's not writing the, new information. No, They're no. just rearranging information. Yep. And There's only they, so many ways to rearrange an information. Go two, three years issues back and you can probably find the exact same book. Not much has changed within two, three years about history yeah. or political science. Like, yeah, you can update the, like, the current president or, you know, what some, some other things. But even then, like – 
it's in the news. Like, you don't, do you really need to pay an extra three hundred dollars for this book compared to that book with ten different pages? Like, it's just ridiculous. No, I would like to take the classes just to learn the information. Like, um, it'd be fun to take a social anthropology class because that's literally just studying memes. You're just memes? studying, yeah. That's you're studying why the way the why the people you are around are the way they are, and a huge part of that is memes. So you you're just studying memes throughout history. And they've, I mean, they've been around for a minute. They're just running jokes that people tell. Like how long, uh, there's, there's jokes that are older than I am that I still talk about. Like other than that, Mrs. Kennedy, how was the parade? Like that's a fucked up joke. <laughs> my dad said it. My grandpa said it. Damn. So. It just wasn't ever put into a picture. That's a meme. Yeah, it was just never, it wasn't, it wasn't a stupid frog on your yeah. screen. It was just a joke you told, but it's, it's information. It's a, it's a trade. It's a sense of humor passed down without genes, which is what a meme is. Without genes, mm-hmm. it's it's traits passed down without like biological processes. It's pretty cool. That's fucking sick. It is pretty sick. I, I think that you can definitely. There are some classes. Like I took a coffee class that was fun. A coffee class. Coffee class. We just learned about all the different chemicals that make up coffee, how to taste coffee, and uh, where it comes from. We learned about coffee. We learned about uh, quinoa. We learned about specific like um, quinoa is that stupid word that spelled like quinoa, right? Quinoa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For the first probably several years of me saying quinoa, I probably said quinoa. Yeah, I had too my, many times. I had a super embarrassing. I used to work at Kroger. That was my first like job, like real job, and. Uh, some lady asked for the uh, for the quinoa, and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> she was like, Oh, it's right there. And my brain went, I've been saying quinoa to customers for literally three months now. <laughs> no, now we're gonna call it quinoa. <laughs> now we're gonna call it quinoa, and I'll never forget that word. There you go. Hey, at least you'll never forget it. Ever. Yeah. My, my last, my dying words will be, it's quinoa, not quinoa. That's that's a it's a good those are some good dying words to walk I'll, away with. I'll pass that down to my great grandchildren. Make sure y'all fucking know. Just, hey, don't make the same mistake I did. That'll that'll be the meme that you leave your kids. <laughs> Quinoa. <laughs> a little bit a little bit different from what your grandfather left your dad and left you, but hey, just a little bit. Yeah, just, it's it's still good. It's, still it's, good. it's the thought that counts. It's the, the sentiment behind it. Exactly. So then you after so you learn now you learn OBS and you're working for. Um, What's his, uh, Sam? What's his last name? Sam Smith. Smith. Cool. Like the he's British too. Like the singer Sam Smith. No way. Yeah, it's real fun because you just make fun. Every time you see something about Sam Smith in the news, you can just go, "Dang, Sam!" <laughs> you didn't tell screen, us. Take a screenshot of it and send it to him. Damn, yeah, I Sam. can't believe he didn't tell us. Yeah, traveling the world, and I thought you were here just yesterday. Yeah. What where, what real estate company does he own? Living College Station. Oh no shit! Mm-hmm. Oh wow. That's cool. I, I I tried to use them online a couple of times and didn't end up going through them. Uh, that, that's gnarly. That's cool. uh, it, it's really, he's trying to change real estate entirely. He's fairly convinced that in five years, an agent won't exist anymore. Why? Zillow owns everything already. If you look in the shop and buy a house, you go to Zillow.com. You don't go to the MLS. The MLS is free to access to anybody. Um, to post on it, you have to be a licensed realtor. But you don't go through MLS. You go through Zillow because it's user-friendly. They have a fun little app. It's blue and white. It's very pleasing to your eyes and your, 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 men, like, your mental. Yeah. User-friendly. Once Zillow makes it so it's, you can completely automate the system, they're not going to start saying, hey, go talk to Sam Smith, the realtor, about buying this house. They're going to say, talk to Zillow about buying this house. We'll do it all for you. Yeah. We've got licensed realtors on staff. 
five years, 10 years, there won't be a real estate agent. Anymore. So then what is his idea is to be the Zillow? To just get for- ahead of it. Um, he's trying to move into the technology uh, side of it where like, you know like listing flyers where you know you'll drive by a house that's for sale and they've got that stupid plastic box and you open up the flyers they're all warped because they got wet and the ink's bleeding and you can't read any of it right yeah. he said fuck that um, and told me to make a two foot by three foot for sale sign that literally just says live in college station and has a massive QR code on it there you go because you can while you're driving your passenger you can stop in your car you don't have to get out just pull your phone up it'll scan automatically click that link and it takes you directly to that house you That's see cool. all the information on it. And then there's like, hey, are you interested in this house? Let's tour it. And there's a button that you click, you put in your name, you put in the date you want to tour it. And it goes straight to Sam's inbox and it goes straight to your email inbox. And all of a sudden in your whatever calendar app you use, you've got a, you've got a meeting with Sam Smith to go see a house. Damn. That's a really nifty way to go about it. Like it's, it's QR codes is the way to go. QR codes are so cool. I saw the biggest QR code I've ever seen the other day. You know, like they're usually very small and you yeah. can like, they're just the blocks. Uh, I saw one. It was, it probably had 400, 500 little blocks on it. Oh, I didn't shit. realize QR codes could be that big. I didn't know either at all. Like I, I'm, I'm wondering if the, the black, the black is a one and the white is a zero and it's just reading code that way. Like a, like a barcode, uh, but in two dimensions rather than one. Like you got yeah, a yeah, barcode yeah. across and a barcode mm-hmm. vertical, mm-hmm. you're going to get the white and the black squares and lines. Um, it's the same idea, just different spacing and, and square rather than straight. Yeah, you can you can store more information sideways and vertical than you can just sideways. Yeah, well, yeah, it makes uh, sense. But, do, so then, do you write the code to no, to make a no, QR there, code? There so, are QR code generators and there are QR code manufacturers. Okay, or uh, maintainers. So we, I don't. I'm not, I was I'm like, holy that. shit! Like, I don't fuck how, with that. How much do you do, I'm Kyle? Not, holy I'm, shit! I got asked that the other day on Facebook whenever. Um, uh, somebody asked if I if they could get a um, a press a media kit for their website, and I was like, I've done one media kit before in my life. I'll give it a shot. So I was like, Hey, I got you. Uh, and then somebody replied to me, Kyle, what exactly do you do with that company? <laughs> and I was like, Honestly, I really don't know. And all my, the my two bosses are like, Whatever the hell we tell them to at this point. <laughs> I just do everything. But no, I don't. I don't handle the QR codes like that. I just go type in the take the link that I want it to link to, put in a new QR code, design the QR code, how I want it to look, whether I want it with the rounded edges or solid edges, if I want a logo in the middle, take that, download it, save it, and then just place pacing on things. So we've got, we've got four for sale signs at Living College Station. We've listed 12 or 13 houses since we started doing the QR codes. But as long as you only have four at a time, I mean, you can always get more. Yeah. As long as you have four at a time, you just keep swapping out the URL that that QR code links to. Because it's just a static image, yeah. but you just tell it, hey, this Link code to now points instead. to here instead of here. And instantly. It's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's fantastic. And we don't so have to buy any for sale signs. Shit paper. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have to keep printing paper. I don't have to design them anymore. Like If I had to design listing flyers for every listing Sam had, I'd probably have already killed myself. <laughs> I would have not wanted to be a part of it. I just said, I'm out, dude. I hate real estate. It is so fucking boring. What? It's kind of cool. I mean... It's kind of cool. <laughs> That's the thing. It is kind of cool because my only experience that's still with real estate is touring the expensive houses. I don't do anything else with it. I don't... Like, all, all the back and stuff's automated at this point. The website is automatically... 
updated and run on its own. Uh, the signs do their own work. I don't have to do anything other than to hold a Sony a7 camera on Sam the entire time we tour a video. And anytime he asks me a question, respond in some weird Gen Z quirky way. That's it. <laughs> That's the, my entire real estate experience. Other than that, I'm bored out of my mind. For some reason, we, uh, we went and talked to, I think her name was Allison. Uh, Allison Polka, she's the marketing director of Greens Prairie Reserve, yeah, uh, yes. the subdivision being built down yeah. in Arrington. And she, so I set up the meeting between her and Sam. I know Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And somehow it got in Allison and Sam's head that I needed to be at that meeting. So I showed up woefully unequipped for a meeting with two very smart, high level real estate agents. I'm like, I'm 22. I just doodle and, doodle. and, and push buttons on a computer until what <laughs> I like comes out of it. I'm <laughs> underqualified to be here. And they just talked about all these, all these fancy terms for real estate. I was like, I understood some of those words and not in that order. Well, obviously you deserve to be there if they're inviting you to be there. For, I just for some sat, sort of reason. I just sat quietly staring at the flyers that she gave me going, who the hell made these? <laughs> Why did that person not have a shadow? Yeah, it's kind of cool. You see that, like it's it's a cool little eye you've developed. Like you'll you'll pick up a, a photo, like an edited photo, and go, something's wrong. That's that's a that's an edited for why? Why is it edited? And then you start looking in the background. You're like, oh, I can see the background's morphed there, or but like you know, like the renders when people uh, will say, hey, we're building this massive subdivision. Here's what this part will look like, and it's always a computer render. They'll put fake people and they'll put stock photos of people in and the lighting isn't always from the same angle and they never draw the shadows of the people. So the trees and everything have light coming from the left and a shadow on the right. And some of the people have light on the left, but no shadow or light on the left, the right. And you're That's just hilarious. like, this looks wrong. And so you just start nitpicking it and you just go, I would have done better. It, it pays to be uh, a little OCD or, or just focus on detail like that. Like it's definitely... It helps. It makes you a better person, I think, in not only your field, but I think in life. It just makes you a better person and more more just aware of what's going on around you. If you're hyper aware of a lot of things, it's both good and bad. You can get distracted very easily. Yeah. Um, like I struggle with that. I've got bad ADD. I'm honestly listening back to this. I'm going to go, God damn, my ADD was awful. Dude, I think you've been doing fucking awesome. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like this is probably, yeah, you're doing better than I am. I feel like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I, I've got... I've got two, I've got a super, like Evernote. Evernote is a fantastic note-taking thing because it syncs between my phone and it syncs between my home computer and it syncs between my laptop. Uh, and it's got to-do lists built in. It's got tables built in. It's a fantastic app. I love it because it keeps me on track. Cool. I have, And then I have an entirely separate to-do list app called Todoist because it has the ability to share to-do lists, which so we use that for the company. Any project that we need to get done, I'll make an entire Todoist project and then share it with everybody. That's cool. And just go, hey, this is delegated to you. This is delegated to you. This is mine, this is yours. And we'll just get it done. And you That's can cool. look every day and go, did so, did so-and-so finish their shit? If they didn't, why not? Yeah. It, I need, like I hate annoying reminders. I hate being texted. I hate being like, it just, if I get three texts in a row from the same person or from two different people or from three different people, I'm like, fucking what what this could be so important <laughs> but i need them i need the annoyance of the the red badge icon i need yeah, the I annoyance of the badge. ping I, I i've never changed my text tone because i hate the sound and if i hear it i'll go 
I got a text message. I have to respond to that. Don't want to hear another one of these I motherfuckers. I don't want to hear it in two minutes. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it reminds me every two minutes. It's just I need the annoyance to keep me on track. And I have no idea why I was on that track. Uh, I forgot why. But we're talking about ADHD. Uh, and then before ADHD, we're talking about um, Evernote and how it keeps you. Yeah, I just, yeah, that yeah. full circle. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have to find tech, like, tech solutions to fixing my ADD because I don't want to go take Adderall. I yeah. don't want to go take, but I like who I am. I like that. I, I like who I am and Adderall changes who you are. I don't Dude, wanna... I, I had taken Adderall for a while there and massively changed who I was. And like looking back on it now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily say I, I regret it. I mean, I, I learned from it and I am who I am now because of it, but it was definitely like it, I felt like I couldn't relate with people anymore. Like I was so just, I, I was more focused on whatever, whatever I was doing, but I'm already a high energy individual. I don't need more energy. Like it, it, it just took away from my, my personal skills with people, which is something that I value. I mean, create, creating relationships. I feel like it's not like, it's what we, that's what we got. You know, like I think building relationships is, is the most mm. important thing that we can do. Um, so when it was taken away from me because I was taking a substance because I thought I needed it, it just like, it's kind of sad. And, and, and definitely I think it, just, just live your life as, as who you are. Like you, you're designed a odd way. Mm-hmm. You're but quirky in a special way, and that's you. That is you, and don't you know, change it. There is no one else like you. Like yeah, don't don't change it. Don't don't be on Adderall like everybody else, and just following, just do just doing the job. I feel like there's so much. There's there's no emotion involved in what you're doing, and I'm a pretty passionate person. So then, like taking that away, I feel like it takes away from my work, and it's kind of, yeah, I definitely much rather just be who I am rather than be on something. So kudos to you for not ever dabbling. It's, well, I, it wasn't even like well, no, I've definitely dabbled. Okay, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get that straight. I have uh, definitely okay. taken recreational Adderall. Okay, cool. Um, but it was just for like video games. Like we we sit down like we, play, we'd go take that off play video games we, we'd go That's to like Huntsville to go see uh, some of my buddies uh, high school friends and we we she she had Adderall that she didn't take anymore, so she would just give each of us a, a twenty milligram tablet or whatever it was, and we'd take one and we'd sit down in front of her TV on her Xbox and just play COD Zombies for <laughs> six hours straight. But like we, you're on Adderall, so you don't think about anything other than what you're doing. Yeah. So neither of us like would sit. Like Dylan would stand, and I'd be like crouched, like a like like Gollum in the fucking Lord <laughs> of the Rings, and because you, you don't care. After you, six hours, you, you get quote you're still unquote, comfortable, and you're there. Um, I dude, but uh, the only reason I was never on, like, if I had been prescribed Adderall, I probably would be graduating college this year. I'd have had straight A's all through high school because I'm like, I hate sounding full of myself, but like, I'm fucking smart. You're pretty smart. I'm dude. really, I, I can get things done. I can figure out something I don't know. I'm, I'm resourceful enough to figure out what's wrong and how to fix it. Applying myself is hard. If I get even the inkling of this isn't worth my time, I won't do it. Like like vacuuming, like cleaning my house, impossible unless I'm on something that just distracts me from me. And like I like Adderall, like I can clean my house on Adderall because you just get so hyper focused on that one thing, you can't stop until it's done. Yeah, that's what we were talking about OCD and how it how it helps with. There you uh, go. With uh, graphic design, and um, it definitely hurts actually, because I've I the, my biggest struggle with being paid to do graphic design is managing my time. Um, there is a difference between perfect and good enough. 
good enough is exactly what it sounds like. It is, you're going to look at it and go, that could be better and that could be better and that could be better. But your client or whoever you're delivering your product to is going to go, that's fucking fantastic. I, that's better than what I imagined. Do you want to possibly go over budget on your end? Like, like time is money. Yeah. Um, so if, if I say, Hey, um, this is, I, I charge 50 or 75 an hour for graphic design work. This is going to take me five hours of work. That's 250 bucks at 50 an hour. Um, it takes me more than five hours. I just lost money. Yeah. So I've got to I've got to manage my time better and understand where good enough is. How do you determine what good enough is? That's a, that's a hard game to play. Fresh eyes. You fresh just eyes. Play, yeah. Um, fresh eyes are useful for um, if you've been doing something for a long time. Uh, you can step away for ten minutes, go do something else, come back because your eyes will be drawn to something that they weren't beforehand. Um, or if you walk in and you go, all right, yeah, it's good. You're good. Because if you, if you get tied up trying to fix this one thing for 30 minutes, you're never going to get it fixed. Yeah. Um, type is the hardest thing for me when it comes to design because they stop being letters and words. They turn into shapes. And you so you start like the word evil. It's four letters. It's a fucking easy word. E-V-I-L. Super easy. I stared at the word evil for too long. And all of a sudden my brain goes, I don't know what that word is. Did you spell that right? fix the spelling that's wrong <laughs> something's wrong with that word that's not a word that's a shape and Damn. you just you have to stop because at that point you're not contributing anything to the process you're not yeah. making any progress you're just sitting there fucking with something that doesn't need to be you're fucked obsessing with. over something that, yeah, exactly. yeah that, that doesn't, doesn't need... matter yeah. and i didn't even end up using the fucking word i like i wanted to use the word evil and i was like mm, it's better without it never mind yeah just i walked away for 10 minutes came back and i was like it's better without it. We're good. <laughs> but if I had just been able to go good enough instead of perfect, I would have never put the word evil in to begin with. Is there ever a perfect with what you do? Yes and no. Um, something that's perfect to me right now, like if I were to make the perfect logo for whatever and I go, fuck, yeah, that, that slaps and show it to all my other design friends. That's the best logo I've ever fucking seen guarantee you in two weeks or a month i'll look back and go i can fix that because you've gotten better is that i've is improved that, yeah uh, or or my my eye has changed like my aesthetic quote-unquote has drastically changed since i graduated high school i used to be super into grayscale and i still like grayscale grayscale is pretty sick but super into grayscale design um very super into realistic looking like logo 3d 3d that kind of thing um, pastel pinks and blues and like yellows were had never crossed my mind. Color was not something I thought about. Um, started doing LSD, and all of a sudden, color is kind of important. Color became vibrant. Co yeah, like everything became super vibrant, and color became more important almost than the design itself. Where it's like somebody's like, "Hey, I want this logo," and I'm like, "Okay." Like if somebody's coming to me for a like brand identity. That's my favorite thing to do. Is like, "Hey, I have this idea for this company. This is what we're gonna do. We need, we need colors. We need fonts. We need a logo." Perfect. What message are you trying to convey? Are you trying to? Are are you a gym? Are you a CrossFit gym? Like, and you're trying to promote aggression. Like we are the biggest alpha male macho is CrossFit gym, or are you a CrossFit gym that's going, dude? Some CrossFit gyms fucking suck because they're way too in your face. This is more of relaxed. 
you could like the, your different colors subconsciously make you feel different ways. Like that's what I was talking about with Zillow being blue and white. Yeah. You know, so Facebook, Twitter, and Zillow are all blue. They're supposed to suck you in and keep you there. For some reason, blues just make you go, I want to be around that. That's very it's pleasant. Calming, it's very, right? yes, it's calming. It's pleasant. Same with like purples and like um, reds are super aggressive. Yellows are super aggressive, but reds and yellows also make you hungry. That's why McDonald's, mm, Burger King, Wendy's, um, Taco Bell's kind of leaned away from it recently, but that's why they're all red and yellow because you look at it and go, I associate that with the golden arches. I want to eat yeah. I food, <laughs> red yeah. meat. I've always been so like, it's a vibe that you can give off and then you like something that you can obviously like it's so in your face and you can read it or it's it's subconscious but you can read into something that somebody has created like when i walk into heb they're playing a specific playlist in in on the speakers they're they, they they've designed their layout a specific way to make sure that i travel this way and buy these things i buy mm -hmm. more of this um all the essentials are as far away as part as they can be from each other like why the fuck is why, why is bread on the far right side of H-E-B and why are eggs on the far left side? So you have to cross the entire store to get it. And then the stuff on the outside brings you in. It's like, ooh, it's chips. Like, oh, on sale. Dude, yeah, two for five. That's a fucking deal. And then you're like, you see that and you're like, well, I can also see, kind of see into the aisle. I kind of want to, I have, you know, I haven't had golden grams in a while. Let me go to get some golden grams too. On the way to get golden grams, you see them fucking extra cheddar blasted goldfish. Extra cheddar? They got these? Dude, yeah. Flavor blasted extra cheddar goldfish. Those are, I, I'm pretty certain their cheese is like 50% crack cocaine. There's no <laughs> way it can be that good just being cheese. But yeah, there's like, there's design and everything. Yeah. And even things you don't think about. There's a, there's a podcast you, um, I think you would definitely like. And if you're kind of like really into the way things are and why they are the way they are called 99% Invisible. It basically breaks down the design and the backstories of things you've never thought about. Like, like go this. to New York, look next to the front door to every building and there's a little black box. Inside that black box is a key to every single door in that building. Because if that building's on fire, how the fuck are the firemen going to get in and out? That's really cool. And so it'll go, like, there's an episode about the design of the soda can and why it's the shape that it is. Ooh. The strongest shape it could be would be a sphere. Because arches are incredibly strong, just yeah. as they are. Like, the more pressure you put on them, the stronger they get. Spheres don't pack. Spheres leave a lot of empty space if you pack them together. Like, if you hold, like, three marbles in your hand, there's a fucking triangle in the middle of your hand where you could probably fit a smaller marble. Yeah. But cans stack. So if they're uh, an arch all the way around and then the bottom is an arch and the top is just flat, the top, like, it doesn't have to be that strong because you're going to pop it anyways. But the bottom's an arch and the side is a cylinder, so it's all arch. Yeah. They're incredibly strong for how thin that aluminum is. And they're so designed that, they that way. Like, cubes. cubes Cubes would save all the space because you could pack them as tight as you wanted. But those little seams, those little seams in those corners are the weakest they, they could possibly. So they'd have to pack more material into those to keep them from splitting. And it's that's a waste of money. That's, yeah. that's, you could fit more Coke in that. Yeah. <laughs> you fit more Coke in that. Yeah. Why aren't we selling more Coke? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, like, there's an entire episode dedicated to why they're shaped that way. I need it. Yeah, this sounds like a pretty damn badass it's, podcast. I, I think I listened to every single episode for probably two years. And yeah. I just kind of stopped listening to podcasts. Um, really when I started making podcasts entirely, pretty much. Why? Um, I don't know if it was actually my own decision to do that or if it was subconscious. I once heard Post Malone actually. Um, Post Malone, make, you know, he makes R and B, hip hop music. Um, Post Malone doesn't listen to R and B or hip hop. He listens to rock and country. 
Because his reasoning is, I don't want to sound like what R&B and hip-hop sounds like. I want to sound like what R&B and hip-hop could be if it was country or rock. That's so pretty cool. I don't want to, like, I, I've listened to so many podcasts. I understand, like, subconsciously why I liked that podcast or why I liked that section more than I like this. And, I, I, like, how to make those fancy little cuts in there, like, throw in little snippets of, like, sound bites or whatever. I just lost my train of thought. Um, the That's reason the you stopped watching podcasts. Yeah. So, so like I had already developed the tools to like subconsciously to make the podcast sound like how I wanted it to sound like I don't need to listen to him anymore because if I listen to him, I'm going to go, Oh man, I should do that 99% invisible thing. But then somebody's going to listen to it and go, that's just 99% invisible reskinned. Yeah. But if you, you take like the, um, the, you know, the robotic voice thing I sent you a a long time ago, that robotic voice thing is from logic, the rapper yeah his album he has no that the, that robotic voice named thalia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i everyone fucking hates that voice I'm like oh my that. god fuck off thing. with the snippet stop fuck off with that stupid computer voice i'm like no dude it's cool, it's cool. i've never heard anybody do that so and you were like yeah i need a i need an intro for this podcast i was like bro just i don't want to record voice lines for it but i there's free text-to-speech programs that'll record voice lines as many times as i want them to oh yeah so you just it makes me feel like, you know, even though I, I enjoy podcasts, I enjoy books, I enjoy, like, I enjoy listening to new content and things, things like that. But it makes me feel like, am, am I trying to imitate something or, or am I not? And, and I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I want it to be as, as me as possible. But I mean, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with imitation. Like, yeah, a little bit here and there. I feel like I'm having imita- like, I can't eat seafood. Imitation crab is fantastic because I can eat sushi now. Um, imitation is not always bad. It's it's never a bad thing to go, dude. I like the format of the Joe Rogan experience. I like the fact that it's just a three hour conversation between two bros. It's cool. Start off with that, but then just go. Oh, it'd be kind of sick if we were to do like that, or or, or have a third mic, or have a third guest every time, or uh, have like an actual intro rather than just the weird Joe Rogan intro he has. I'm not even certain if that's. He's like three of them, doesn't he? I think he's definitely gone through a couple. He's yeah. gone, yeah. But like, it's, but I can't tell you what the Joe Rogan Experience intro sounds like. I couldn't tell you. I know it exists, but I don't know what it is because it's changed and because it's just, it's not the bread and butter of the podcast. But you just start, you you get a basis for where you want to be and build from there. Um, I used to struggle with uh, fit, like finding things to design. Like I was in, a, I, I, I want to make something right now. What the fuck do I make? I never had a way to figure like I used to go to archive.org and just go through the old um, USDA uh, forest services photographs and just find pictures of trees and bugs and shit because you see it and you go, oh man, I bet you I could take the wings off that bug and replace them with the wings from a 747. Something, something dumb, something weird. That's kind of cool but, though. And, and, but like you, you, you kind of get bored of that after a while because you're still entirely thinking of it on your own. It's, it's difficult. Um, Emily put me on Pinterest and now my entire Dude, Pinterest, Pinterest board. Is shit. Pinterest is the fucking shit. Dude. If you're not on Pinterest, <laughs> get on Pinterest. It is not pansy bullshit for finding your princess cut yeah, diamonds no. in your wedding dresses and planning your future bathroom. You can use it for that, obviously. Like, I'm not knocking that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. cool to see the, the shit people like decide is cool and what they like. But right, if you go to my Pinterest feed, it is all Photoshop and Illustrator tutorials and just collages and psychedelic art people have made. It, it oh, Pinterest yeah. goes so hard. I have ideas of what I want to do with my my room, with like just like things I want to make, tattoos that I want, with woodwork things that I just oh man, yeah. Shout, shout out Pinterest. This, this, shout this, out Pinterest. Yeah, this, this podcast is sponsored by Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's really yeah. cool. Just, just 
it's, there's nothing wrong with imitating something. Like a lot of times I'll go on Pinterest and I'll find something. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if I could recreate that. So you start recreating it and then you get distracted halfway through. And then after that, you completely get sidetracked and make something new. Like um, a few days ago, I, uh, I found a picture of David Bowie on Pinterest. And it was very cool, very ornately done. They had like taken his hair and isolated it and had like some flowers like creeping around where his face would be. And they had removed all of his facial features. And I was like, that's kind of sick. You know who it is because it's David fucking Bowie. Yeah. But it's it's artistically done so where you kind of have to pay attention to it to see what it is so i was like wonder if i can actually do that i've never really removed facial features from anybody in photoshop so i found a picture of david bowie i liked and started removing his facial features ended up having like stealing his eyes like some weird horror movie bullshit and then go david bowie can't see what if david bowie can't hear what if david bowie can't speak so like the hear no evil see no evil speak no evil that's that fun cliche that everybody talks about everybody does everybody and their grandmothers made a fucking design for hear see and speak evil but i've gotten a picture of david bowie with his eyes completely removed from his face and his mouth is sewn shut and it was probably the hardest thing i've done in photoshop in a minute because it's just used tools and things i don't typically use at work because i'm not manipulating faces all that often and putting an air i put an arrow like actively moving through his ears and um i had to go find a uh a blood splatter and make it come out of his ear and look realistic and i had to match all the colors and the the film like the the film feel of the image and the the look with um based off of the original david bowie image Damn, that's pretty and cool. so you just you sit there for two hours making something out of fun and you you finish it and you're like i did that very cool not at all what i set out to make but i made something and now my itch to create is satisfied and you go do something else why or Tell me about your LSD experience, if you don't mind. Do you mind talking about it? I don't give a shit. Sweet. So, I'll tell anybody. Sweet. Except so, my parents. Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I didn't do it. No, there's definitely no LSD. They're definitely not. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. This is all a joke. This is all, yeah. This is all for research purposes. Yeah. When, um, when was the first time you, you dropped? Uh, first time I actually don't know the exact time. Oh, like, um, yeah. I think I had dropped one time before I started really taking LSD. Um, I took LSD and I, I liked it. It was obviously fun. Don't do drugs, kids. Yes. Um, it was fun. I liked, I'm a very visual person. I'm a very visual learner. So having things that made my vision different and made my senses different was really cool. And like, I've always been super heavy into weed ever since I was probably, I don't think I, I went to school sober senior year. Um, not good probably why i didn't do great senior year (laughs) up till then you're getting straight a's and then senior year oh no i stopped getting straight a's freshman year of high school i I just didn't i didn't like school yeah i was awful at it um but i got uh super bowl sunday of 2018 i got arrested for weed for possession and i had to piss in cups every 28 days there's only so many drugs that don't show up in piss tests that aren't awful for you yeah like lsd is not good for you get that straight my memory is like that's why i have to-do lists that's why i have i take notes on literally everything that's why at at fucking six o'clock my heart rate increased and my blood pressure increased because my phone said hey you have a podcast with ben in 30 minutes and you're not going to be there on time i i need that because i don't have a short-term memory anymore like i can be told to do something and my brain goes I got you. I understand what the fuck you just said, and I knock it out of the park. Turn around and go do it. I have already forgotten. Um, How many like like over a dozen times that you've dropped? Less? Oh yeah. Um, 
I so I got arrested for possession and decided that sobriety was lame. So nicotine and alcohol became my thing. And I don't like alcohol. I've never really liked it. I don't like the flavor of it. Like even something that has a minor alcohol content, like um, Austin's these ciders. Those are the only about the only things I can consistently drink. And even then my first sip, my first one makes me shudder. The Damn. taste of alcohol just does not react well with me. So I decided I didn't want to drink. Um, and nicotine is not fun. Nicotine just makes you angry. It's it's a very negative drug. I, I, I feel like it's in the same class as like the physical effects of like cocaine, where you become very jittery, angry, and like intense. Um, That's definitely me when I'm smoking. I wouldn't even say that. I, I would say more when I'm smoking cigarettes. I get that feeling. But when I have a cigar, it's much more relaxing. I feel like it's a different experience. But it's definitely different with the cigar. I, I don't know why. I, yeah, I couldn't I'm begin to, to tell you the psychological yeah. reasons why a cigar is more relaxing than a cigarette. Yeah, but cigarette definitely makes me feel much more jitty. And whenever I was taking, when I was smoking cigarettes, I was less, like I gave fewer shits about my own like lifestyle. Like I was more willing to smoke inside my car. I yeah. Was more, like, like I just started caring less and I guess more angry. I guess is, it's kind of a good way to put it. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, You become irritable. Yeah. You become very, and if you don't have your cigarette, you're mm-hmm. definitely even more irritable. Like yeah. the three or four days after you quit cold turkey are the worst because you they're just rough. want to punch holes in walls. And you can't, I can't, my name's Kyle. And they're like, haha, the meme. Yeah. You punch and drywall again. Uh, <laughs> so I have to not do that. Yeah. Um, so I decided that I would do LSD. Um, so I did, I, I think I did one, one hit of it, one tap of it, um, with my roommates had a really good time. I liked all the visuals and things. The next time I did, I did two tabs of it. Um, that was even better. I see more. I got to the the portion of closed eyed visuals, um, mostly aided by music and sound, like, you think when you're stoned and you're you're like god damn dark side is a fantastic album <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> take lsd listen to 30 minutes of music or do something for 30 minutes go take a shower my favorite thing to do is to drop and go take a shower because it starts to hit you in the shower and you feel clean when you get out and you're just in a fantastic headspace you go put on dark side around the 30 minute mark you start you hit the middle of time is when you start like the, the like the bells coming in in time and like that first guitar solo in time is kind of where you start coming up and you feel like you start smiling you can't you smile uncontrollably and you're kind of like <laughs> breathing <laughs> like like, you, you get like mild anxiety yeah. your palms sweat a little bit um and then use like i the most religious experience i have ever had was listening to nights by frank ocean because i don't know if you know the song well not not there's well Two parts to nights. So there's the the standard R and B part, um, and it kind of devolves into this just chaos of sense and and just it, it it gives you anxiety to listen to it. And like I'm I'm an hour and forty five two hours into the LSD trip, like I am at the peak, the strongest it's going to be, listening to this absolute chaos in my ears, and then it just. I, my eyes were closed and I could see black and white spiral staircases forming themselves and building themselves just listening to this song. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's it cool. is, it can mess you up. Like um, whenever I broke up with my ex, I didn't want to go back to nicotine because I didn't like the way it made me feel. I didn't want to drink because I don't like the way it makes me feel. 
I still couldn't smoke. So I did two tabs of LSD every weekend for probably three months, four months. Damn. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, like LSD is definitely one of those ones where you have to use it responsibly. Because you gotta respect the, it. Like, you yeah, have to respect the, it. Yeah. There's a there's a saying in the LSD community, in the psychedelics community, really. Um, when the when the messenger tells you to stop, you stop. The messenger being the drug. Yeah. Like it's it's like somebody tells you to stop doing drugs, fuck you. I'll keep doing whatever I want. You tell yourself, oh man, like I really gotta stop doing drugs. Fuck you, I'll still do what I want. When the drugs tell you to stop doing drugs, that's different. That you've reached a different point. Yeah, um, I still do LSD on occasion. Um, not nearly as much as I did because I noticed how it was fucking up my memory and I noticed every time I did it, it wasn't as strong because I wasn't letting my tolerance go back the way. Um, I started experiencing what they call afterglow, which is where your triple end, like you've, you've waited the 12 to 14 hours for your LSD trip to end. You're still, things kind of look brighter than they should. And yeah. you're kind of like, why the fuck is the road looking like that? The road's still moving. The, the, it, the it never moves, st- but it, it's like everything kind of has. When you're on LSD, things get fuzzy on their edges. So like, it's almost like if you were to just take this picture and it's all crystal clear, you can see every single detail of this microphone in front of you. But there's this weird fuzzy haze around it. You would, I would still be experiencing that two or three days after I tripped. Damn. And I'm like, this isn't okay. Like, I really do need to stop. And I've never experienced flashbacks like some people say, where like you'll sneeze and you're like, the wall's moving. I never experienced that. I've I've never, I I don't know if I've ever done anything high enough dosage or what. Um, But it's, it's deaf. As long as you respect it and you're in a good headspace, if at any point before you drop, you think I shouldn't do this, don't Don't, do it. Don't. Because you're going to end up in a bad headspace. So you really do need to be in control of your mind leading up to it and getting into the trip. Because after that, don't try to control LSD. It will be a bad time on any psychedelic, really. If you try to control where the trip takes you, just let it do its thing. And you have to be able to remind yourself when you're entirely incapacitated. Like on off two tabs, I can't talk to people. Like I, I can't form sentences. My mind's going too fast for my brain, my, my mouth to follow. Uh, so you, you just, you have to let it do its thing. You can't, you, you can't try to control it. And then once you start coming down, you start going, okay, we're all good. And I, despite being totally fucked up, I was still aware of the fact that it was all chemical changes to my body. It's nothing was real. Nothing I saw, nothing I felt was real. It was all just chemicals. I think that's the craziest part. I think that realizing that after the fact, coming out of it, and it's been a couple of days, sometimes I remember I'd have times where I was like, man, that was a rough, a rough trip. And coming out afterwards and remembering like that was that experience and this, that, that is not me anymore. Mm-hmm. I think those, that, that was a, I think a, a hard thing initially for me because we were taking 25 I, 25 C. So they were, they were all the research chemical stuff um, versus actual pure LSD. Um, so it makes, makes, makes a huge difference in what it's doing to your brain. Like if you can, like, please, Lord God, don't be taking any, 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 yeah, if any gonna, research chemicals. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about taking LSD, if you can afford the $20 to spend on two tabs of LSD for you and your buddy, you can afford the $20 for a an Elric uh, reagent kit on Amazon. Gets there in fucking two days on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Shouts out Amazon Prime. This podcast is sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck yeah, Amazon. Thanks. But order it because there are, it's not always LSD. The you could like the, the entire supply of LSD for the entire 
United States could fit on this table. About that thick of just sheets of paper that would supply the entire United States for a year. Easy. Because there's, it's just such a condensed small thing. But there's so many people that don't have access to the actual chemicals that make LSD and they just find the best next best thing. You can't do that. There's, there's one thing running around rampant right now called N-bombs, N-B-O-M-E, I think it's what it actually is. And it does the exact same thing to your mental and your physical state, like like visuals like that LSD has, but you come up quicker. It lasts for six to eight hours rather than 12 hours. And afterwards you ache. LSD is a very gentle drug on your body. Mentally, no. The next day you were exhausted because your brain has just spent the last 12 hours Processing a lot of information. Oh, well that, and then overdrive producing serotonin. That's why, like, that's why sometimes people get nauseous when they take shrooms. Is because it's ser- it's it's a serotonin look like chemical, like psilocybin and um, LSD both look like serotonin in your in your body, and that's why like, you see shit. And that's why you feel nauseous. Um, NBOME is just harder on your body, so like you'll come out of it. Like I remember, like the probably the third time I took LSD, I definitely took in bombs. Cause I didn't test it. Like I, I just got lazy. I didn't test that Damn. from that guy. Um, afterwards when it ended, I was like, that was a bit shorter than I feel like it should have been. Also my back hurts. Like just cause I had been tense the whole night in my lower back. Damn. Um, usually when you get tense on LSD, it's in your jaw. So you just chew gum so you don't grind your teeth. Yeah. But um, my back was aching. I was like, what the fuck? So like, I started looking. I was like, LSD, back pain afterwards. And they're like, dude, you dropped in bombs. So after that, I've tested every single fucking everything i've taken and i assume it's more damage to your brain than a normal lsd trip would or is it just i don't know if it does more damage to you actually physically i just know after the fact i didn't feel good it it, i used like your body should feel the exact same going into a trip as it does leaving the trip your brain should feel kind of exhausted um and if you if you have a different point of view on some things fantastic if you don't who cares? People are always like, yeah, psychedelics are only for reinventing yourself and discovering new things. No, they're fun. They are for fun. Yeah, they can teach you new things about you and what you need to fix, but they're 100% for fun. Uh, I just started, so yeah, I've started testing everything. I don't, I've been very careful. Um, people always tell you like horror stories of like bad drugs and shit. Um, I've seen, you don't mix LSD with anything either. I've seen people that to some one of my buddy oscars took three tabs of lsd Damn. and was drinking on it um holy shit lsd lowers your inhibitions you can't you, you you're like i kind of want to do that and you have to like if, if you're inexperienced you have what's called a trip sitter somebody who sits with you and tells you hey maybe that's not the best idea but in, you know, in a very gentle way and more of a guidance rather than telling you what to do um i so everyone needs a good trip sitter the first time they trip Preferably somebody who you're familiar you with and has and has done LSD a few times. Like I'm, I'm a decent trip sitter because I understand sometimes you just want to be left alone, and I'll happily go sit in the cross room with my headphones and like watching videos or doing whatever, checking on you every hour and a half or so, making sure you're still good. If you want to go somewhere, I'll drive you. I've got good speakers on my car. You'll have a blast. <laughs> um, you just got to have somebody there. Uh, we so yeah, Oscar took three times of drinking on it, so LSD lowered his inhibitions to to like the point where it's like i want to do that and we have to be like mm, you probably shouldn't do that but then he was drinking and alcohol lowers your inhibitions and so again it's one of those hey i want to do that you probably shouldn't do that but when you combine the two he reacted very poorly with um i have to do that not oh, i sure. want to do that i have to do that and oscar was not a small man oscar was probably five or six of me 
And so me and four of my me-sized buddies were trying to stop Oscar from leaving this pool house that our friend, our friend's family had, because that's where we were tripping. Uh, don't trip in your parents' pool house. Just <laughs> wait till you wait till you have your own place. You'll feel better the entire time because you won't worry about your parents talking to you or having to talk to them. You, if if to you get parents. a phone call on LSD, like I, I prefer night trips because. One, I like the visuals. I like staying inside. I like the AC or the heater, whichever I want. And I like the headphones. I like being able to have my, my, all my shit where I know where it is. Um, also, if somebody talk, texts you or calls you, and usually you'd respond, you don't have to. Because you can just say, I'm sorry, man, I fell asleep. I was, I, was, I was exhausted. My bad. I didn't see it. My bad. But during the night, you're not expected to respond to anything. Like you, midday, you're totally, you're definitely. yeah. If, if if you trip midday, fucking uh, the last time I tripped in my old duplex, I did a day trip because I hadn't done a day trip in probably nine or ten trips, and I was like, you know, fuck it, I'll do it. So I took my two tabs at probably ten in the morning, and at noon, I'm peeking, and my dad called me, Holy and I was shit. like, it's noon, I have to answer my dad, he's gonna freak <laughs> out if I don't. So I answered him, and he's like, hey, I just wanted to invite you to dinner, and I'm I'm troubling, I'm having trouble speaking. At least I feel like I am. I, I maybe you're fine. I, maybe I was totally fine. Yeah. Like my trip sitter said, I was totally good. Um, but I, I just it, that is the most stress. And and for like thirty minutes after that, all I could think of was, did he know? Did he know? Did he know? Did he know? And you just get stuck in that thought loop, and you yeah. have to have something to get you out of it. It's just yeah. I prefer night trips. If you're gonna trip for the first time, get yourself a trip sitter and do a night trip. And then sure you you test your drugs. Yeah, always test your drugs. Never not test your drugs. Um, I would say weed, you probably don't have to test, but if you have the ability to test weed, test How weed. do you test weed? Uh, you just test, you, just, that, ta- like you just take off, like you just grind up a bit of it and drop little parts of it in different drug testing kits, like a testing kit for cocaine, a testing kit for heroin, testing okay. kit for meth, a testing kit for PCP. Just because it has any of yeah. those things. If on it's top laced of it. and w- if one of those turns a bright color, it's not supposed to, you go, fuck, I'm not smoking that. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to, yeah, exactly. The guy that sold me the M-bombs, never talked to him again. Yeah. I blocked him on everything. I will not ever buy from him. Yeah. I, I've never sent his number or his contact to anybody because I do not trust him anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, no, how can you? I mean, exactly. I like, yeah. Um, just, you got to be careful with shrooms right now. Um, shroom pills are becoming a thing. It's well, people will grind up shrooms. Yeah. yeah, be careful with those because again, you don't know what the fuck's in them. And psilocybin testing is are hard to come by. Yeah. I've had I've had personal trouble trying to find psilocybin testing kits. The only shroom trips I've ever done, I've picked myself. Um, definitely, this is cool. all hypothetical. Never did it, but there there is a uh, cow pasture down by Coulter Airfield. Um, if you go three a.m. or so after the day it rains, go go at three a.m. There's mushrooms and cow shit. Yeah, you just look for them. They're big and white on top. They have a little bit of a brown cover, like cinder. Um, they have a thicker stem. And when you pick them up and you break the stem, the stem turns blue. So if it turns cool. blue, it's good to chew. Turns blue, it's good to chew. I've never heard that. That's kind of, I like that. It's uh yeah the only shroom trips I've ever done I've picked myself. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. I uh I found a dude who was selling psilocybin tablets like pill capsules. Um, and I gave them to a couple of my buddies because they wanted to try shrooms and it wasn't raining. So we couldn't go pick them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I've heard decent things about him. The guy that I buy, um, he was my, uh, my acid plug. The guy that I buy acid from has these, uh, shroom pills and he says they're really good. He says he prefers them over acid. So I'll, I, I trust him. I'll, I'll give him, I'll, I'll contact him. Y'all can take them. Um, they took them and did not have a good time. 
I don't know if it's because they weren't ready for psychedelics or they weren't a good headspace for shrooms because shrooms are more introspective. Shrooms are like the indica of the psychedelics and like LSD is like the sativa of the psychedelics. Like LSD is more of a party that's, outgoing. That's kind, of, that's kind of a cool way to put it. Yeah. Shroom, yeah. Shroom is more of a internal one. I don't oh, know yeah. if they were in the right headspace to do shrooms or what caused it, but they just really did not have a good time. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, whatever. Um, maybe y'all just had a bad time. Y'all were feeding off each other's negative energy. So yeah. I, one of those other friends was like, I think I want to try him again. I think I was just in a bad, bad headspace. I feel a lot better now. Um, I had some shit to work through, but I feel significantly better. So we went back to him, got a couple more tablets and he took them and still had a bad time. Yeah. So I, he, he, in his words, he came up too quick. He came up faster than he was ready for. And it was it's like it, it built really quick and then didn't go anywhere. And that gives you the thought of why, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? And you start getting stuck in that thought loop and it's not, it's not. It's a rough, good yeah, it's a, a rough state of mind to be in. Like mm-hmm. when you, when you, especially when you're just tripping, you just want to, like, that's why what I, like, I do wrong. It's a hard loop to be in. Yeah. Cause that's a hard loop to get out of when you're sober. You're yeah. totally fine. <laughs> what I do wrong is a hard loop to get yeah. out of. Especially like like you like you have a bad breakup like that's the first three fucking months of your breakup is what the fuck did I do wrong what could I have done better yeah that's hard to get out of sometimes longer than three months sometimes yeah sometimes it takes fucking time yeah damn that's rough all right that's well a, that, that good I have no idea how much time has passed I don't, really know. I, I don't really know either I think we're at like two hours, an hour and a half. I don't know. It's it's eight thirty eight nineteen. One thirty one fifty five right now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got going on? Uh, not a whole bunch really. Um, you said you needed a guest for your podcast, and yeah. never been on a podcast. So. You never really? been on a podcast. I've never been on this one? side of a microphone. Yeah. I, I mean, like I've been on this side of a microphone, obviously, like streaming and like doing voiceover shit, but like never like on a podcast. Holy shit. So this is going to be really weird editing. Yeah, right here. Yeah, I'm going to hear my like, own oh, shit. shit. What was I talking uh, about? What the fuck? Like, dude, your train of thought is fucked. You need to stop <laughs> doing LSD. Nah, right now. I think, I, dude, I, I think learning about, being able to sit down with you and learn, learn a little bit more about you is like really fucking cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that I didn't know a heck of a lot about you before. Um, it, it like, you, you're obviously a pretty fucking smart dude and you. You, you have a lot going on. And so it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's cool to actually meet Kyle. I feel like I've known Kyle in a very, um, and I kind of talked about you in third persons, but uh, in a, in a, in a short, in a secluded environment, I guess, like I've only ever seen you around Emily and around Angela. I'm uh, very they, different around specifically Angela. Yeah. Cause like, I still have to be on best behavior in front of Angela. <laughs> I can say out of pocket, off the wall bullshit to Emily. And she just goes the fuck. Yeah. But I don't have to be on best behavior around her as much anymore. But around around, around Emily, but uh, oh, definitely Emily. around Angela. Like yeah. I, I'm still fucking top tier straight A student. Like I'm, I'm, I have to be good. Yeah, I yeah. can't be bad yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, give it, give to this podcast. I did, Angela, up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really apologize for that. Well, hey, he, he yeah, all good things. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and call call it there, and and we can kind of reassess. Hopefully, I'll be back on though. Right? No, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, like I'm I'm in town for six more months, and it's only a two hour drive. So, dude, fuck yeah. Are you are you moving to Austin? I'm gonna move to Austin. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, it's hey. it's time. I need to be out of here. Why? And well, I just you- I. I don't want to get stuck in College Station. I was born here, and I lived in San Antonio for 10 years-ish, but I was growing up. Like, that was nothing. And then I moved back here with my family. Like, I've really only known College Station. Damn. I just need something else. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to end up 
that 35-year-old dude who fucking never left his hometown. Didn't even go to college in his hometown. His home college town did not go to college in it. <laughs> that did not go to college. Yeah. He also never left. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to drive past my high school every fucking day. I don't want to drive past the the same thing, like my childhood home every fucking day. Yeah. I I want to go be elsewhere. And I think eventually I won't be in Texas unless Texas gets its shit together in terms of well, drug laws and letting you do whatever the fuck you want. Like it's it's not their job to tell me what I can and cannot put in my body. It's my body. Um, unless they get their shit figured out, uh, I'm I'll probably end up out of Texas. But Austin, I think, is safe because it's a city. I've never like lived in a city. I've only ever lived in suburbs or College Station. I think it'd be fun to live in a city, and also it's not home. It's somewhere else. It's away from my family. It's away from my parents, but it's not so far away from my family that if something fucking happens, I'm screwed. It's only two hours. Like, if shit hits the fucking fan, and when I get to Austin and I have to come back home, it's a two hour drive. I can, besides meat, if I take everything apart, I can probably fit every single possession I have in my, in my little Hyundai. No shit. In one trip. Damn. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's cool to hear about just cause I mean, I'm, I'm away from home, six hours away from home, but I find, I kind of feel like I've, I've become a local in college station in, in six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's cool that you're leaving. Um, and like I, I, when I first left, it was, it was kind of a cool endeavor to be my own person, I guess, in, in a different way, create create a new I create a new band. I mean, with, mm-hmm. with every experience, we become new people. Yeah, so. like the people that are here know me from when I, like from the time I was in sixth grade. Like everything I've done, said, and been since sixth grade, they know. Yeah. Who I am now and who I am or who I was two years ago, pre all the LSD I did, are vastly different people. I have a higher appreciation for art. I have a higher appreciation for music. I have a higher appreciation for just expressing yourself and doing what makes you happy. Like I used to, when I went and like bought clothes online or I went shopping, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are people going to think of me in that? I can't pull off round glasses. Nobody wears round glasses. All I wear are round glasses. (laughs) I fuck with round glasses, dude. (laughs) I so so do I. I got my first pair. They're fucking shit. I've got like round, all black frame sunglasses. They're fantastic. Um, my, my pandemic mask, my little, my COVID-19 mask is a fucking, it's bright yellow with just a smiley face on it guarantee you two years ago if we had this pandemic i would not have had either of those because i'd have thought what are people gonna think they're gonna look at me when i walk outside in that i don't give a shit if somebody looks at me i just look them straight back at them because they can't see my face like it's fun i I get a ton of compliments on that mask it makes me smile every time it's cool it's it's when you do things that make you happy and people compliment them it truly makes you more happy than if you just did them because you thought somebody else would it, like it's them. kind of a, it's kind of a catch too like it reinforces your own security mm-hmm. like yeah like you, you ne- like got the, the stereotype is guys never get compliments i've gotten significantly more compliments since i started doing what made me like wearing expressing myself how i want to express myself than i'd ever did before um like i got my ears pierced when i was 19 um, growing up, I was like, guys don't, that guys don't pierce their ears. Why would a guy pierce their ears? That's for girls. I pierced my ears. I pierced my ears. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like, I, um, I finally decided to get dangling earrings. Like I, I, I used to have just little hoops, little, little half hoop like that sat in there. And I wore those every day for over a year. And then one day I went and got dangling silver earrings and I was like, 
I yeah, I kind of fuck with it. <laughs> here we are. Um, it's just you definitely rock it. It looks cool. Like it's very much so you. Yeah, like, like you it, have so you have who you feel you are and who you want to be. That you don't you don't have to worry about looking like you don't belong because if you're there because you want to be there, you belong. If you're oh, doing yeah. what you're doing because you want to do it, you belong. Hell yeah. We're going to end on that because I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you all for listening. I appreciate everybody coming in. And, and if you're, this is the next first time you listen, then please come back. Watch the, next, watch the other ones. Thanks, Kyle, for coming on. And, and for sure, I, I appreciate it. We'll continue to do it. Do it. Thank you all. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bent Real Podcast. See you in the next one.